Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators. We have our entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. We have the marketing and business coaches, consultants, and mentors. We have the folks who help others create their businesses, and we have the do-it-yourselfers like to have your own hands on a lever. If you are one or more of the above, and in fact, many of our avid listeners who tune in every week are all of the above, I count myself in the all of the above category as well. Take a moment, explore episodes, and discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing and thrive from the intersection of your brilliance and your passion at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, be sure to look us up on channels like iTunes. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us serve more business creators just like you. Also, be sure to subscribe. You'll get fresh content every single week, plus immediate access to our treasure trove of over 230 episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to business creators just like you. Today's topic is one we're going to be diving into very quickly here. This is something that I've wanted to have on the Business Creators Radio Show for at least the past couple years, and this is a topic that comes up frequently at seminars and conferences that I attend when we talk about funding the business, getting funding for the business, getting money for the business, and that is the topic of how to build business credit for your EIN, known as your tax ID, that's not linked to your social security number. This is a big deal here in the United States. Uh, I have many times received coaching, and in fact, my own accountant guided me to do this when I first started in business, where, you know, just take one of your credit cards and use it only for business stuff. That way, it's like a business card, or like a business credit card. Well, uh, that is, as far as the IRS is concerned, they don't really care all that much, as long as you're clear about your stuff. I mean, that's been my personal experience. Uh, our guest may tell me that I might have dodged a bullet there. I have no idea. We'll have to ask him. But that's not the same as building business credit, which is different. We want to talk about building that corporate veil. We want to talk about having the business being an organism that is truly independent and requires no symbiosis with your personal financial picture. I ran into this the hard way a few years ago when having paid off all of my business's loans, I decided to go for another one. And in attempting to get a business loan, they came up with this weird algorithm where they were going to count my student loan debt, my personal student loan debt, three times. And then when I pressed them on it, they asked me the question of, well, what do you have a student loan for anyway? You kidding me? I told them that the reason I have a student loan is because back when I was in college, textbooks were very expensive, and in order to afford those textbooks, I took out a student loan so I could fund a meth lab to pay for the textbooks. They didn't find that even remotely funny, but I found what they were doing just plain offensive. How would you like to not have to deal with that anymore? How would you like to have separate and solid business credit for your EIN? If this is something that you're highly interested in, then you are in the right place, and today you're going to learn about this, how to deal with this from Ty Crandall who is the founder of CreditSuite.com. Just to tell you a little bit about Ty, he's an internationally known speaker, 
author, and business credit expert. And with over 17 years of financial experience, Ty is recognized as an authority in business credit building, business credit scoring, and business financing. He's the author of two best-selling books on consumer and business credit uh, called Perfect Credit and Business Credit Decoded. He's written hundreds of published articles relating to business credit. He's also been interviewed on countless radio and TV programs and news shows across the country and can be seen in Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Inc. magazine. Ty certainly, currently rather, I'm so excited about this topic, serves as the CEO of Credit Suite. And with Credit Suite, Ty consults with and advises companies on business credit building and scoring. He has overseen the business credit building for thousands of clients and has helped create and grow the most credible business coaching operation in the United States. He's also created and coaches the largest business credit provider network in the world. Our listeners know that not only am I the host of the Business Creators Radio Show, but I am also in the audience with you, with my pad of paper and my two pens out, looking for that slight edge in my business. Today, I have three pens out because I don't want to miss a thing. Ty Crandall, come on in. The weather's fine. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. That was an awesome introduction. And I'm very excited to have you here, as are many of our listeners. Uh, when we let our audience know that you were going to be on, we were getting a lot of feedback, like, how soon can we hear from Ty? So before <laughs> we hear from you on this idea of building business credit for your tax ID or your EIN, what I'd like to do is just take a quick moment and rewind a little bit. Just read off your bio, got a lot of great stuff going on, but what we like to do is give our listeners a chance to get to know you at a different level. So just tell us a little bit about your personal trajectory and how that's brought you to where you are today serving our business creators from the intersection of your brilliance and passion. Yeah, absolutely. When I uh, got out of high school back in the mid-90s, I uh, didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. So the Air Force and the military seemed to make a lot of sense because I could do something, give back, uh, while I kind of figured out more of what I wanted to do. So I went in the military. I actually was a medic. I worked in intensive care, had the coolest job recovering open-heart surgery patients. I, I loved it. It was so cool. You know, I got to uh, work yeah. all night in intensive care, and then literally during the days they let me go to any surgery I wanted to go to. So I'd work all night, and then I'd go to surgeries all day, and then I'd go home and, like, sleep for a few hours, and then go back and do it. It was this. Uh, it was a really awesome experience. So, so I got out of the, the, the Air Force in the end of the, about the 98, and I uh, got into financial services. My, uh, my dad was an accountant, though, which swore it would be something I'd never do, but I ended up jumping into financial services, did uh, several things on the consumer side, and, uh, and opened up my own mortgage company um, in about 2007, uh, right at the height or right before everything kind of fell apart and collapsed. Actually, it was about 2005. Yeah. And then a couple years later, everything did collapse. And I, like you described, and like so many other business owners, you know, I personally guaranteed everything for the business. The business was doing great. I didn't think anything about it. Uh, but when that happened and you know, our, our ability to be able to close loans went away, then what happened was that they started, well, I started to default, unfortunately, on my business obligations. And then that happened. They carried over. They put those things on my personal credit report. That shut down all my access to consumer credit. They cleaned out our personal bank account, our personal assets. Um, all because wow. I had personally guaranteed you know, everything for the business. So it's interesting. None of us expect to fail. But, you know, what I learned through that was that so many things happen in business that are just, they're just unexpected, right? I mean, there's just things you can't control. 
Um, and that leads a lot of people to fail, and I was one of those statistics, unfortunately. So I jumped in the consumer credit side and started working on improving my credit, realized a lot of other people had been infected. And that was really an important moment for me because I, I kind of stopped doing things to make money, and I really understood the value. I, I was empathetic to what a lot of people were going through, and I wanted to help them recover as I was trying to recover. And um, in doing that, I just had a lot of clients along the way ask me about business credit, and I didn't know anything about it. So I, I did what all of us entrepreneurs do that we, when there's a topic we don't know about. I tried to Google the answer while I'm trying to answer the question. And what I realized is there was no information about this. Nobody was talking about it. I was three, four, five, six, seven pages deep in, in Google, and I couldn't find any information even about what business credit was, how it worked. So eventually, with enough research, I started to piece together what it was, and it was a, it was just an eye-opening moment. You know, I, I, it was it was a, a combination of emotions. I became very upset and frustrated because at this point, I'd been in financial services for over a decade and never even knew what corporate credit was. And I realized that if somebody would have exposed me to this concept, I could have not lost my business. I could have not gone through these severe hardships that I went through through the loss of that business. And so, you know, I was raised down, you, you don't complain about a problem unless you're willing to provide a solution. And so I decided right. to become that advocate to learn everything I could and then climb the highest mountains and tell everybody how this works, map out the steps to do it. And uh, and I've been very passionate about that. For the last six years now, this is what I do, is I'm just a huge advocate, making sure that anybody in business knows what business credit is, knows how you can get it, and at least has the choice that I didn't have back in the day of deciding whether or not you want to be personally liable for everything in your business or you don't want to be personally liable. So that's where I am today. Right. Well, here's um, here's what I uh, want to uh, bear, you know, just make sure to help frame, and this kind of dovetails with the experience you told me. Uh, when I became a full-time entrepreneur in 2005, for the couple years after that, I had – loan officers from mainstream banks, not even my local credit union, but like mainstream banks, showing up at my home office unannounced without an appointment with business loan paperwork already filled out. All I had to do was tell them how much money I wanted. So I took a couple loans, paid them all off right on time. This gets us to right about 2013, where you know we since then had the Great Recession, and I'd uh, tapped fairly deeply into the business's line of credit, and I was looking to, uh, you know, get down some credit card balances I'd put on credit cards that are linked to the business's EIN, not my social security number. Well, I gave a taste of it in my intro where I mentioned the part that they were coming up with these algorithms to determine my eligibility for a business loan, that they were going to somehow figure out that they could count my student loan balance, my personal student loan balance, against me in triplicates. That was that was just one of many little ridiculous things that had made me think I was walking through the twilight zone. And somewhere in that process, I actually said, people, you do understand I'm not a convicted felon, right? Because <laughs> that's how I felt I was being treated. So we sure. went from they're throwing money at you to they want to just irritate you to the point where you give up on it. And I've heard stories of people um, in recent times going out, saying, get, you know, going for a mortgage on their home. And I read a case once where somebody had gotten a big discount on their grocery shopping bill because they had a rewards card and they saved up their rewards points. You know how you can do that sometimes? And right. uh, 
Right. Now, and that and that grocery receipt was included in the documentation that demonstrated that person's you know monthly cash flow as part of the mortgage determination process. And they said you need to go to the manager of that grocery store and have him certify that this wasn't a personal loan. Well, listen, owning, you know, I, I've spent, you know, 17 years in financial service, going on 18 years, and so I've seen it all. I've, I've dealt with auto, you know, financing and mortgages, and, yeah. you know, I've dealt a lot with the consumer credit scoring system and algorithms on the commercial side. And, and when it comes to businesses, banks are the worst place to start because – and it's not their fault, and it's easy to make them the victim, and it's easy for me to talk about the big bad banks. But the reality is they're government insured. They are required by law to be very conservative in their risk, and inherently business lending is very risky because the majority of businesses right. do fail. So they only ever issue loans that are backed by SBA in almost all cases. And SBA's requirements and the bank's requirements combined are very stringent. So you've got to be in business years and have tons of revenue and cash flow and collateral. And you know, I've looked at and even stood on stage and shown SBA's requirements to lenders where they have to take every asset the business has as collateral. And if it's not enough to cover the loan, they take all the personal assets as collateral right behind it, including the home. But the good news is, is that, you know, per the Department of Revenue, about 98% of financing for businesses doesn't come from the banks anymore. It comes from alternative lenders, and alternative lenders don't have that level of scrutiny. What they figured out is that if you have a strength, you are typically lendable. So there's a lot of lenders out there that lend money now just because your revenue makes sense. It's growing. It's increasing. You're managing your, your money responsibly. There's other lenders that just because you have an asset will lend you money at low rates. There's other ones that will do it just based on your credit, and there's ones that will do it with a one or two combinations of those three cash flow, credit, or collateral. So it's easier now than it's ever been to get money, but what we find is that business owners don't know where to look. And that's the problem. There yeah. are so many kind of alternative lenders, so many kind of programs that nobody knows where to look, and so then they just by default go to their bank, and that's the worst place to start, not the best. So you're right. If you try to go get a bank uh -huh. line, you're really going to be scrutinized. It's just not the best place to start. Right. And, you know, I've done some research into this, and we'll get to this in a moment, because uh, I have heard of the concept of alternative lenders, and I've heard of those companies that will give you a loan and then they'll uh, attach their repayment to your business receipts. Uh, I can give an example of this that most people have heard of is those PayPal business loans where you uh, get money through PayPal, like they give you a business loan, they put it right in your PayPal account, and then the way they get your repayment is they take a percentage of your gross receipts. Now, that works if you're funneling a lot of cash flow through your PayPal account. Um, I funnel a ton of money through my PayPal account, but it's only three times a month. So that gets in the way of my eligibility because they're saying, well, we've got to wait for these three bumps. Whereas for a client of mine, they frequently get those PayPal business loans just to bridge gaps. And then they usually pay the thing off within three months because they have so much incoming revenue flowing through that PayPal account every day that PayPal easily gets its money back. So that's one type of alternative lending that I've heard of. So let's bookmark the idea of alternative funding and alternative lending, and let's start with a very basic definition, because I want to hear the Ty Crandall definition of this. What is business credit? Well, business credit is ultimately credit in a business name, and it's basically established based on the business's ability to pay. So we're all familiar with consumer credit, and it's exactly the same concept. You know, we obtain credit. The more credit we obtain, the more credit we pay is agreed. The higher our scores go, the deeper our profile 
uh, credit profiles go showing that we are capable of handling more credit, the higher our revolving credit card limits get. We can use the credit to get credit cards, to get loans, to get mortgages, to get uh, auto vehicle financing. Every single thing I just right. said is exactly the same for a business. A business has an EIN number, and if a business has an EIN number, a credit profile and score can be, and oftentimes by default is populated for that business EIN number, and the business can build its own credit profile, its own score, and then can use that to, again, qualify for credit cards, qualify for loans, qualify for auto vehicle financing, even commercial mortgages, without the business owner needing the personal guarantee and the personal credit check. So if we think about this, we, we know that you know Michael Dell isn't out there personally guaranteeing and signing for credit for his business. And we think, well, right. because Dell's big – you know, it's not because Dell's big. It's because if you pull Dell's credit report, they have hundreds of credit lines or trade lines under their credit report. They have hundreds of accounts they've paid as agreed, and because they have that well-established credit history, the business can stand on its own. The business can borrow money on its own without needing the owner to actually be the guarantor. What most people don't know is that even a startup, any small business, can follow the exact same steps to accomplish the exact same results. Well, yeah. So here's my question, because um, as I mentioned earlier, the challenge we keep running into is in attempts to get business credit, especially with our small business owners who are the primary listeners of the Business Creators Radio Show. They run into that where um, and get to get a business loan, they want to know about the house or something like that. So um, how? So let me ask Ashley two questions together. Why does it seem like only the big companies like the Dells and Michael Dell are the ones who can get business credit. And how does a business get credit without the owner taking on a personal guarantee? Sure. Well, it seems like the big companies are the only ones that can get it because the people aren't listening to your show. You know, really, that is the reason. Now that we're here, we're going to map out these steps that usually larger companies have financial savvy people that already know. Right, so as companies get bigger, you 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 just default. You run into needing an accounting team. You need a CFO. Well, these kind of financial savvy people, they understand corporate credit building. They understand the importance of separating liabilities and guarantees, and you know all the crazy little things we do as small business owners that are wrong. They put us in the, on the right path and straighten us out. But when you're in the small business right. and you're just you know you're a solopreneur, you got five people, ten people. You don't have a CFO. You don't have anybody that's financially savvy in your team that knows these things and knows the process. But, you know, your listeners, for example, we're going to map out this process. And once you know the proper steps to execute the process, well, then you can have the same results. But the problem is, is that the credit issuers don't want to teach you this. Why would they? I mean, yeah. if you're willing to right. give a guarantor, you know, you're willing to give them your social, they're going to take it. And they know that when you get big enough, you know better, and you don't take it. And so they rely on this lack of information that small business owners don't know the process. So this is only for the coveted few, the higher, the middle to larger size, 10 million plus businesses that have those financial savvy people. And for a long time, this is the way the system has worked. The little guys don't know the rules. The big guys do. The big guys enjoy all the spoils. Well, the little guys struggle for survival because they just don't have access to the information. So it really is access to the information, and the way to right. get it is 
it's just a process. You know, as you accumulate some credit, more becomes available. As you get more, more becomes available. Like I said, it's so different than consumer credit. You know, you're not going to start building consumer credit with a $10,000 visa. You're going to start with a $500, $200 secured card. But then as you prove your worth, right. then you get the $100 revolving account, then the $2,000, and the $5,000, and, and it escalates. Uh-huh. So business credit's the same way. You just right. have to know the series of steps. All right. You know what? I'm tired of being a little guy. What are the steps? I know we're only a third of the way into this, but let's. Uh, I don't think our listeners can wait another hour. Well, let's talk about each step, and then I'll kind of open it up to see if you have any questions along the way. Um, All right. The first thing to know is that you never want to supply your Social Security number on an application for credit unless you're okay with a personal credit check and okay with a personal guarantee. Now, even – even if you execute the steps we're talking about today, it doesn't mean you're going to immediately be able to walk out and get loans. You're going to have to build a, a, a reasonable business before you get loans without a guarantee. Although revolving credit, Visa, American Express cards, thirty, fifty thousand dollars limits are fairly easy to get if you follow the steps that we're going to talk about. But if you don't want a personal credit check, if you don't want a guarantee, don't provide your social. If you, the minute you provide it, that's exactly what you're giving them. But in order to get credit without providing the social, we've got to have credit. So it's this catch-22. How do you get credit when you don't have credit? Well, what we've got to do is we've got to start with smaller accounts. Uh, in, the, in the consumer world, we're used to secured credit. In the business world, we're, these are what's called vendor accounts. But before we even get to this step, we have to realize that for people to give us credit, we're not providing our personal social. We don't have any business credit established. So all that we're giving them is what's on that application, which means it needs to reflect you're a credible and legitimate business. So it starts by getting a business name, getting a business entity. Preferably, you want to choose an LLC or a corporation because with a partnership or a sole proprietorship, you are the business. You're always going to be liable for what happened to the business because you and the business are one and the same. So you've got to separate the liability by separating you from the business, and you can do that with an entity like a corporation or even choosing an LLC. You want to get an EIN number. You don't need an EIN number as a sole proprietor, for example, but you need to get an EIN number because that is what business credit profiles and scores are built under, the same as consumer credits built under your social. And you can go right to irs.gov to be able to do that for free. Now that you have a business entity and you've got that actual business EIN, well, you probably want to get a business bank account, too, that's going to help you down the road to get loans. Yep. Okay, But it also, you want to set up the business credibly. Get a website. Get a domain. Get an email address. Don't use Gmail and, and, and Yahoo. Don't use Party Dude 2018 at Yahoo. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Believe I'm, I'm, it or I'm not. getting that right now. Hold on one second. I'm getting that. Party Dude 2018. <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> I already got it. Just to make sure you wouldn't, I already did it. So Dang it. You, you, Dang it. You know, well, you, I got Party Dude 2019. Part- so there. <laughs> you're, now you're one step ahead of me. <laughs> So you've got to look reputable, and you'd be blown away at how many people don't do this. You know, you don't want to go apply for credit cards and loans when you don't have a website. Their, their automated systems will check to even see that you have a website, and if a manual person is underwriting, they're going to check your website just to see if you have a real business, if you're legitimate, if you're credible. So get a website set up. Or you can go to Upwork.com and hire somebody to put one up for you and go to MonsterTemplate.com or the hundreds of sites to buy templates for less than 100 200 bucks. you get a website up. 
and then go to GoDaddy or wherever you choose to go to get your domain and make sure your domain's synonymous with your website, right? I mean, my email's info at creditsuite.com. My website's creditsuite.com. So the two are one hand in hand. And then get your business address. If you don't have a business address, if you work from home, that's okay. Get a business address, physical business address, if you can or if it makes sense. If not, choose a virtual address. So a virtual address is where you're renting an address or renting a mailbox or an address from like what looks to be like you're in a big high-rise building in Tampa, Florida. But you're just really getting your mail there. So you have the perception of a big business without having the cost of a big business. And if you can't afford the 100 200 bucks to get the virtual address a month, well, then use your home address at last resort. But never use a P.O. box, never use a home or use a, a, a UPS address. Because UPS addresses and P.O. boxes are very unique. They sit in a database that credit issuers and lenders all pull data from, and the minute they see that you're using one of those, that will get you denied at a multitude of sources. You're better to use a home address than that, but a home address will still get you denied at places like Walmart. Walmart will never issue you business credit with if you're using a home address, but Staples will. So the best case is physical address. The second best is virtual address. The last resort is home address. Stay away from UPS and P.O. Box addresses. And know that nowadays they're even putting Google Street Views of your business location on your commercial credit reports. So don't be surprised as you pull your business credit down the road to see a picture of your home if that's what you're using. Then get a phone number, business phone. Don't use a mobile phone on an application. You know, make sure you have a real business phone or even a virtual phone from a place like Ring Central that you can get a phone from. Um, and in yeah. doing so, go get a toll-free number, get a fax number. You might not use a fax. Who uses a fax nowadays? But you don't ever want to leave a line item on an application blank. The big companies all have fax numbers. So if they ask for a fax on an application, you want to be prepared and have one. And again, nowadays, companies like Ring Central for 15 bucks a month, you get the phone, you get the toll-free, you get the fax all in one. So every line item on an application, scrutinize what you're filling out. Does it make you look credible? This drives my wife crazy because whenever I fill out an application, I will sit there and think about every question being asked, and she'll interrupt me and say, Ty, it's your name. What is taking you so long? I'm like, I'm just trying to figure out why they're asking the question. But you should do the same. Think about it. Every question on an application is being asked for a reason. Every question is being used to scrutinize you, whether or not you're going to get approved or not. And nowadays, automated systems are making the approvals, and it's a series of checks that they're going to give you, pass or fail, whether you meet the requirements or not. So step one, set up that business credibly. Wow. See that? And, you know, I'm, when I was first listening to this, I'm thinking, well, gee, duh. But, however, I can tell you that when I first uh, – got the idea of becoming an entrepreneur. Even while it was my side hustle, during those two years it was my side hustle, um, there was a limited liability company. We had, uh, we had all those filings set up. We had uh, an EIN number. Uh, we had a website that matched the domain, even though it's not really the one we market under. We had real email addresses, not PartyDude2004 at Yahoo.com, which, by the way, is not taken by me, so go ahead and relive history if you want. Uh, but you know how many... Folks I ran into even then, let me just give you two examples that are just ringing in my ears. And uh, I still run into stuff like this in 2018. Here's one. One is somebody who said, but, but do I really need a separate checking account? I mean, uh, I mean, I'm really good at managing spreadsheets, so I can tell them which ones are the business expenses and which ones are the personal expenses. And I'm thinking, 
Do you even realize that a separate checking account is free? I mean, <laughs> number one. And then, and then uh, a phrase that I would hear again and again is, why would you waste your time with an LLC? You know, my friend who's a lawyer said you should just do a sole prop. Now, listen carefully to the phraseology. My friend who's a lawyer, not my lawyer. Because <laughs> I have not met an actual attorney that would give stupid advice like that. But yet people fall, but yet people fall for it. I mean, you have folks well, who create limited liability companies to own their houses so they can write off their housekeeper. You have people, uh, I mean, I first, you know, we're, 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 you want to know where I first learned about the idea of a limited liability company? From a, fr from a friend of the family who has a large gun collection who put the ownership of his guns under a separate limited liability company. That's where I learned about this stuff originally. So there are a thousand reasons why you want, might want to create a limited liability company at very minimum. Why would you not do that for your business stream, but yet people fail to do that all the time? They do. And, you know, there's just little things like your information has to be congruent online, meaning that, you know, if you're going to have your business name be ABC Company, it needs to be ABC Company on Yelp, the same as it is on your website. That seems so simple. But believe it or not, it is the biggest reason that business loans get denied. Believe it or not, these people go in with stacks of paperwork, and they get denied because the business information on the application isn't congruent with what the lender finds online. Now, banks will never tell you this because if they did, you'd flip out knowing you went all spent all that time getting together that document just to lose at that stage. But that is the number one reason right. that businesses get denied is the information online isn't congruent. Another simple thing is that the phone number is not listed with 411. You can't go to 411.com to list your number. It has to happen organically, or you use a service like Yext or List Yourself. People don't know this. So these are these insider wow. hacks that, you know, again, lenders and credit issuers know this, and they know the bigger companies know it, or by default have these things already. So this is their criteria. But like you said, you know, you see phone number on an application. Hey, you enter your mobile phone. It's what you're doing business on. Many don't think that that one mistake can cost them the ability to get loans and credit, as it oftentimes does. This is one that I actually knew very early. Some of the stuff you're sharing with me is actually news to me, which is why I'm glad I have you here. I think I'm going to be making some changes pretty quickly on certain items. I won't tell the audience what they are. But that being said, I knew very early. I had a Ring Central account before Ring Central was Ring Central. I've had my account for 16 years now. I've had my account for so long that I don't change the accounts because I have this incredible grandfathered version that gives me unlimited stuff that they just don't even sell anymore. That's how long I've had Ring Central. Uh, and, yeah. I, and I stick by them because they're a great solution. And I knew from the very beginning when I let people know about my business, I give them a toll-free number. So you call my toll-free number. And this is on my website. You, you can find this on my website. Call the toll-free number. It'll ask you to enter an extension. I'll give you my extension. It's extension 23. Type 23 pound. And it'll say, please state your name. So you'll say, Ty Crandall. And then it'll do the thing where it says, wait a minute while we attempt to locate your party. What then happens is it rings all my phones. And if I'm able or willing to pick up the phone, I can pick up any of those telephones or any of those things that I have it forwarding to, click a button, say yes, and we're on the line. If we don't manage to hook up live, it will have you leave a voicemail, which will generate an MP3, which will go to both me and my assistant. Now, to me, that's business leverage, 
And to me, that's just smart. So I tell people all this stuff. I mean, I'm even so candid, I let you know what my top secret extension is. Now the whole world knows, right? So, <laughs> and they'll say, but come on, but come on. No, 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 I don't want that. I want your cell phone number. I said, I won't give it to you. I won't give it to right. you. Right. Well, for my two business phone number like one. Said, my, my business yeah. phone rings to my cell, right? So if you get my business phone, you yeah. get my cell with it without all the the the, solicit, the unwanted solicitations as well. You know, when it comes down to it, yeah. what we find is that as a startup business, you now know the steps to do it right. As an existing yeah. business, I cannot tell you how many clients that we have, and there are best testimonials, right? Because the testimonial sounds like this: I went to Credit Suite, and in a month, I got one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in financing. Yeah, you did. You know why? Because they had an address mismatch on their Secretary of State record. That's simple. What they're putting wow. on the app was different than the Secretary of State. They didn't realize it. We fix one mismatch and send them back to the exact same bank, and all of a sudden they get approved. So it's you know that's the problem is that if you don't know the system that they have, the secret criteria that they have, you'll never meet it. If you do, great. It's a series of checks. Do you have a business address? Are you using the business phone? And more than likely, one little thing, and you might even say, yeah, all my stuff is congruent online. Is it? Have you really done a search to make sure Yelp is saying? Because believe it or not, the business credit reporting agencies are using Yelp. They're using yeah. every bit of information they can get to be able to cross-match. And so if any of that information is inaccurate, then you need to make sure it's changed and congruent or that one little thing will cost you loans as it does the vast majority of the 89% of business loan applicants that end up getting denied. Here's something that pertains to literally everybody I know. Um, they have a business name, so we'll call it uh, Acme Corporation Incorporated, um, but they do business as something else. So whether or not they have a DBA filing, the fact is if you Google them, some you know one thing's going to come up, but the loan paperwork says something else. I mean, do you have to form a separate LLC or change your LLC's name every time you change your company name? Because a lot of folks argue that the difference is actually a good thing. I mean, uh, where, where do you stand on that? Well, what matches, what's your Secretary of State record show is exactly what needs to be on the application. If your Secretary of right. State record shows that you have a name and then a DBA and the DBA name, then that's what needs to be on the application. What happens is credit uh -huh. issuers and lenders – Look at the Secretary of State records, for example, and there's several cross-checks they do with, ad with names and address, but they look there, and if they see that, again, you put ABC Company on the application, but the Secretary of State reflects that it's ABC Company doing business as CBA Company, well, then they don't know for sure if the company applying is the same one that they found, and so they automatically default by denying you. Now, we think, well, why wouldn't the banker tell us? The truth is the bankers don't even know. It's unbelievable the disconnect between a front-end banker and an underwriter. The underwriters have all kinds of information that front-end bankers don't have, and this is a big mistake people make. They call credit issuers. They call their banker, and they ask these questions that only underwriting would know. The banker or the credit issuer gives them what they believe to be the answer, and it's oftentimes incorrect. They just don't know the information. So. It's, it's mind-boggling how many loans and how much credit gets denied just because of these basics that somebody needs to meet in step one. The great news is once you've set up that business credibly, as long as you keep it that way, you never need to go back and do that again. It's a one-time thing. You know right. your basics are covered, and that gives you that credible foundation to start getting loans and credit. Right, right, right. So. 
So here's what happens. Let's say somebody has a company and it's Acme Incorporated. Well, actually, I'm going to call it Acme Company Incorporated, so I'm not repeating myself. And so they have uh, Acme, Incor Acme Company Incorporated. So what they do is they buy acmecompany.com. And then acmecompany.com is a website. It says, we're a business. This is our management team. And uh, here are our different lines of business. And these different things link to, well, this is what the store's name actually is. So a person doing the underwriting or the reviewing could go to that website and they could say, oh, yeah, well, if they show up on Google as Widgets or Us, then it's identified that Acme Company owns Widgets or Us because it's a line of business of Acme Company. Is that enough or do we need more? Well, this seems to be congruent. So let's say in this example you're going to get a loan and you see Acme Company Incorporated on the bank statement. The application says Acme Company Incorporated. And then the Secretary of State records say Acme Company. And then Yelp says Acme Company. And yet Google said business says Acme Company Incorporated. You tell me, are these two businesses or one? Because that's exactly what an underwriter looks at and thinks. And if they don't know, decline is what you get. Denial is what you get. Always. They're not going to turn around and ask you for clarification. So that's why it needs to be indisputable that the information is congruent everywhere. In our company, we go by credit suite. Our website's credit suite. All of our listings are credit suite. You know, our right. bank statements is credit suite. Everything is credit suite. Even though we're a corporation, we don't put credit suite incorporated everywhere. We put credit suite everywhere. And that's exactly what we put on applications for credit. And when people look, it's the same on the website. It's the same as Google. You know, a service like Yext, and there's a bunch of them out there, but Yext works really good because it keeps all of your listings congruent. So we got Yext because our address wow. changed. And we thought, there's no way we're going to go through hundreds of sites to change our address. Boom, we pay X 500 bucks a year. We change our address with X. They change the address with every other source that's out there, or not everyone, but thousands of the main ones. And now our bases are covered uh, because every time we have a change, it's it's up to date. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this from a colloquial point of view, but the more you talk, the more I feel like these underwriters are just simple and they're just lazy because they don't even take the time to ask the question, well, I see Acme Company, I see Acme Company Incorporated. Is it possible that the ink is only used on the business documents? I mean, these are the same people that will say that they've come up with this formula where they can count my personal student loan against me three times for a business credit application. So I'm going to use those words like simple and lazy, and I'm going to translate those to make your point, which is that, yeah, it's these little things. Um, and with all the regulations around credit that have happened within the past 10 years that we still have a long way to go towards repealing and editing, uh, despite any recent promises, we still have a long way to go. Uh, little things like that uh, will I mean, if you want to call up an underwriter simple or lazy, this is a very easy out for them to just not have to deal with you, is the way that I think some of our listeners have told me they perceive it. The worst thing about it is, is it's not even laziness. It's policy. You know, our COO was one of the biggest business bankers for Wells Fargo, and the reason she left Wells Fargo was because of this exact same issue. She saw so many people who had basic mistakes that could have easily been fixed to change denials to approval, the bank wouldn't let her tell the actual applicant what it was. So in a lot of cases, oh, they're Lord. not allowed to tell. It's the policy. It's a fireable offense. 
if they tell you that because it's it's seen as coaching. It's seen as prompting them, right? And so that's why we exist as a company. We think it's insane. We think it's the exact opposite of the way it should be. You should tell somebody what your underwriting requirements are before they apply. You don't hide your underwriting requirements and keep them secret knowing that people get denied because they're not going to meet them. It's absolutely ludicrous. The banking system and the way they look at this is insane, but that is their requirement. It is a fireable offense if that underwriter, if that banker tells you those little things. They're not allowed to tell you. That's what's even worse. Yeah, and and to me, okay, so I will amend my simple and lazy comment based on what you just told me, but I have heard comments like that from our listeners, from people I know who have attempted to secure business credit, who felt like they were speaking with people who aren't uh, even residents of the planet Earth. And when you add that dimension to it, where simply saying, hey, Ty, you know, I noticed that um, on this paperwork you have it as Credit Suite and this other one is Credit Suite Incorporated, Uh, just want to verify which one is correct. They can't even do that. They just have to deny you. Right. And so that's the thing is it, when we look at banking, and like I said, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a world where I deal with alternative financing. So I'm the first guy that would be like, banks are horrible, they're bad. When we look at all these things, we just – you got to take a deeper look. You know, Why isn't the front-end banker tell you that? Because they don't know. That's why, because they're not underwriting. They don't know what underwriting knows. So in a lot of cases, they just don't know the information. Let's say they know little things like that. Well, yeah. then the other requirement, then they're not allowed to tell you that. Well, should they be allowed to tell you that? Well, then how deep does it go? How much should a front-end right. banker be allowed to coach you through the process and tell you their internal requirements before it becomes too much risk for the bank? Look, there's a million ways we can look at this, but it's accountability. You've got to be accountable to be able to listen to a show like this to get the knowledge and get the information because you can't expect these guys to help you. They have no interest in helping you at all. It's yeah. You've got Let to me... help yourself. Yeah. Let me give you an anecdote. Um, last time I attempted to apply for a, a business loan, and I was only asking for like $5,000. I wanted to use it to uh, to fund, well, my book launch, which uh, I actually ended up doing this year instead of 2016. Well, um, I was told at one point that I had been approved for the loan. Like, yay, come down and do the paperwork. Then just as I finished, uh, you know, getting myself, you know, finishing up that email I was working on, putting on a nice shirt and getting ready to head out the door, you know, to put my ink on that paperwork down at the bank, they call and say, oh, well, this underwriter just changed, just said you're not approved. And I said, what? No, 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 no. You told me I was approved. I don't know who this other person is who is just sticking their nose in something now, but they need to apologize and fix it. And uh, they said, well, I, you know, I can't do that. And I said, well, why don't you put me on the line with them? And they said, well, I can't do that either. Okay, so what I said to the person, my representative of the bank is, okay, so basically this person who's not been involved in the conversation up until now is just arbitrarily sticking their nose in it and uh, reneging on a promise that was made to me through you. And I can't even speak with this person and get my side of the story out there. And he said, well, that's not how it works. I said, well, you're going to see how something works. And what I did is I went (laughs) on Yelp and and I told a story that the representative of the bank had personally just intervened and said, well, I know the underwriter said it was approved, but I just don't feel like doing it, so I won't give Adam the loan. Even though that wasn't exactly true, I want to say, you want to turn up the heat on me? I'll turn up the heat on you. And then when they called me on it, they had every right to do. They had every right to call me on that. And I said, 
okay, well, looks like that underwriter's throwing you under the bus, aren't they? I mean, are they there for you? You're protecting them by shielding them from me, so are they stepping up right now and saying, oh, no, 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 Mindy did not do this. This was us. Are they helping you? No, they're not. I mean, I retracted the review because I was only doing it to make a point. I had no intention of leaving it up, but I wanted to make the point of you people, you're seriously screwed up. Right. Yeah, and that, that's why it's so important. You know, you got to take accountability. You got to know these things, and that's why that step one is so important. Um, but once you do that, you can't stop there. And we got to move to step two. You know, and in step two, yeah. you've got to then get set up and set up with the reporting agencies because it's really the basis of everything that you're building off of. So in order to do that, you know, right. we've got a great link on our website, creditsuite.com forward slash reports, and they can go right there. Yep. And you can do a search with Dun & Bradstreet, Equifax, and Experian to see if they even have any information on your business now or not. What's different in the commercial world is that if Experian and Equifax know you exist and know your SIC, they populate a credit report for you and give you a failing score even if you have no credit, even if you've done nothing wrong. So they'll issue you a 27 to a 29 score out of 100 with 100 being the best and zero being the worst. And they'll immediately populate a failing score for you. And this happens the minute your SIC comes available, which typically comes from the Secretary of State Records. So go to creditsuite.com forward slash report. See if anything exists. Either nothing's going to show up when you type in your business name in the state that you're in, or something will pull up, or something will pull up and say trade lines, which means just what it sounds like. You have a trade line or an account on your business credit report. But do that free search, and if something pulls up, grab your business credit reports from Experian, yeah. Equifax, Steamy, whoever something showed up for to see if it's there. And while you're in step two, go to creditsuite.com forward slash DUNS, D-U-N-S, or just Google how to get a free DUNS number and go ahead and get a free DUNS number through Dun & Bradstreet. Even though they'll try to call you and they'll try to sell you and they'll try to say you need to pay them all this money to do all these things, you never need to pay DNB a dime. The reality is is that you can get your DUNS number for free. You have to be able to because contractors in this country are required to have a DUNS to work for the U.S. government. It's absolutely free. So do that free search to see if anything pulls up. If so, grab your reports. If not, you're good. And if not, and regardless, get your DUNS number. Once you get your DUNS number, then that is going to be essential for you to eventually populate your business credit report. And that really gives you the foundation you then need to then start building business credit on top of it. Yep, we're already, two we're already three fourths of the way through, so we've had so much fun dealing with the angst of business credit. So let's uh, let's go through the steps, and then we want to uh, you know take a moment for alternative financing. So go ahead, step three. Yeah, sure. So step three. Now we've set up the business credibly. Now we've went ahead, made sure the reporting agencies don't know anything about us. Um, we make sure that we're building it on a clear profile. We went ahead and got our done stuff. The next thing we want to do is start getting credit and putting it on that business credit report. And that's primarily done, again, as I mentioned, through what are called vendor accounts. Now, vendor accounts are not like secured credit because they don't need the money up front. What they're going to do is issue you credit and issue it on terms such as what's called net 30, which means that you'd have 30 days to pay back whatever you borrow. So if you get an account through a vendor and you put $1,000 on there of purchases, then you need to pay that $1,000 back if it's in that 30 account, for example, in 30 days. And some of these vendors include companies like Uline, Quill, and Granger. What's interesting about Uline, Quill, and Granger is two things. They'll give you credit for your business, even if you have none, without even asking for a Social Security number. And they report that credit to DMB, Equifax, and Experian 
So what happens is them reporting that credit is what establishes a credit profile, a credit score for the business. And what's fantastic about business credit is that your scores are based on how you pay. It's that simple. D&B and Equifax are solely based on how you pay, solely. Their whole score is how you pay. If you pay on time, wow. you get an 80 score with D&B. If you pay only, you get a 90. If you pay 30 days late, then you get a 70. How late you pay on average is literally what your score depicts. So all you have to do is get these accounts. You pay the bill as soon as the bill is allowed to be paid. You line, Cork Ranger, when they ship the item, I'm paying the bill. Staples, Office Depot, they won't let me pay the bill when the item is shipped. I have to wait for them to populate a statement, which takes a week or two. But I'm monitoring that daily, and as soon as they let me pay, I pay. And that one thing, just paying the bill is agreed, will get your score up to 80 or 100. So now you've got a handful of accounts. You need about five to get to the next step. You've got the accounts. You've got the score. And then you have what's needed to start getting to the next step as we jump into that, which is revolving credit. So this is step four, revolving credit. Step four. So step four is once you have those five accounts, then we're walking into Staples. Now we're walking into Office Depot. Now we're walking into Amazon. But again, we're leaving the Social Security number off the application. So here's where it gets interesting. If you go to Staples and Office Depot, both of them are underwritten by City. And if you go to their online application, you have to enter your social. But on that online application, there's this little link at the top that you can click to get their application to fax in. You can fax or call. Never provide the social unless you want a personal credit check and guarantee. If you don't want it, then you fax the app in or you call or fill out electronically if they let you bypass the social. Amazon will give you a choice. You want a personal guarantee? Do you not? If you want, if you don't want one, they won't even ask for the social. If you do, then they'll give you an option to go through with the personal guarantee, and they'll tell you it's easier to get that if you don't have established credit. So either fax, fill out online, or call whatever you need to do to get the application processed without social. And now that you have at least five accounts reporting, you'll start to get approved for the store credit. And then as you continue to get about eight accounts, you can get fleet credit, which is uh, you know auto vehicle repairs and maintenance and fuel. And then as you can progress to about 10 to 14 accounts, that's when you can get Visa cards, MasterCards, American Express cards. So if you have enough accounts reporting, which are called trade lines, you can get approved for more and more credit. So I just did a Periscope earlier with live, and somebody said, I cannot get credit without a personal guarantee. I said, there's only one reason why. You don't have enough accounts reporting for the credit you're trying to apply for. What are you trying to do? I have five accounts. I'm trying to get a Visa card. won't work. You need 14. It's the only requirement that will hold you back. The application will tell you time of business is an issue. The application will even tell you you have to have a certain amount of revenue. It's all BS. All you really have to do is just come in and make sure – and by the way, excuse me if I couldn't say those two letters, but hopefully I can. So if those, the only thing you have to do is be able to come in and make sure you have enough trade lines, enough reported accounts to get to the next tier of credit. If you have that one thing and you're paying your bills on time to get good scores – that's all that's needed to progress through the stages all the way through to getting $50,000, $100,000 credit line. Wow. And those are the four steps, basically. That's it. You should wow. have to uh, That is fantastic. That is fantastic. So I said that we were going to bookmark this idea of alternative funding. So tell us about that. Well, alternative financing really comes down to this. I call this the three C's of lending. So the three C's of lending work like this. What is the strength of your business? 
Alternative lenders are looking at one of three strengths. Strength one is that you have consistent revenue. And this basically means that you have consistent money going into your business bank account. Well, as you said, you can also go to PayPal and Square, and you can get money through them just because of what's going through PayPal and Square accounts. So do you have consistent money going through your bank accounts? Are you managing them responsibly? Are you overdrawing the account with a bunch of non-sufficient funds? Or do you have money in the bank account, positive cash flow, positive ending bank balances? If you're managing your bank accounts responsibly, then that one factor and that one factor alone can get you financing. So I'll give you a couple examples. PayPal and Square, as you mentioned, there's not even a credit check. They'll give you 30% advanced against what you process with them without even checking your credit. Another great one is Funbox. If you go to creditsuite.com forward slash Funbox, there's a great link right to them. No credit check at all. They electronically, using artificial intelligence, plug right into your bank account, and they electronically read the bank account for positive cash flow, these things we mentioned, and they issue a, a lines of credit up to 100 grand. You got a credit, line of credit with 100 grand with them. It's fantastic. Now, sometimes they might ask for tax returns to get you even higher levels of funding, but to get less than 30 grand, it's fairly easy to get without even supplying tax returns. So that's the first C. Do you have cash flow? Other companies like On Deck and they offer merchant cash advances, much more expensive money, but those are also similar options that are available based on cash flow. Now the second C is collateral. Do you have assets that can that can serve as collateral for a debt? So examples here: Do you have inventory? Do you have equipment that you own free and clear? Do you have account receivables, which is one of the best, most loved assets that a business can have? Do you have purchase orders? Do you have a 401k or stocks or bonds? Or do you have auto vehicles, commercial vehicles you own free and clear? Do you have real estate? What do you have business-wise or 401k stocks on the personal side that can be used as an asset, as collateral? If you have that, then you can get all kinds of financing with whether it be loans or credit lines with interest rates of 5% or less without even having a credit check, without even them looking at revenue. Wow. And that's the beautiful thing about this 3Cs formula. It's just, it's just money that's specific based on a strength. If you have one strength, cash flow, credit, or collateral, the other two don't matter. So when it comes to cash flow, credit and collateral don't matter. When it comes to collateral-based financing, cash flow and credit don't matter. And then that brings us to the third, which is credit. If you have credit, there's all kinds of unsecured financing you can get out there using only your consumer credit to qualify, and a lot of it even reports to the business credit reporting agencies. So if you have good credit, you can even come in and secure credit that reports to the reporting agencies with a personal guarantee, Visa, MasterCard, et cetera, and build your business credit that way. You don't need vendor accounts. You can skip that step and replace it with unsecured credit lines. So the, the, the secret is what do you have? It's cash flow, credit, or collateral. If you have one of those, you can get funding. If you have two, you can get more funding. If you have three, you can get SBA loans. And that's what it really comes down to. It's, it's a tiered system. If you have good credit and you have cash flow, now you're getting term loans. Now you're getting lines of credit. So the more of those C's you have, the more funding avenues become available for you to access. Wow, that's pretty intense stuff. So uh, thank you very much for all that. That's that's great information. Now, we're uh, in the last few minutes here, and what I want to do is I imagine we have some people uh, who are sitting on the edge of their seats thinking, holy moly, what have I been missing up until now? And they need to speak with you. So how do you serve business creators, and how can somebody take that next step? 
I'm passionate about making sure anybody that wants to access business credit can. So there's a couple different ways to get it. And they go to our website, creditsuite.com forward slash EIN. That's creditsuite.com forward slash EIN. We've got a great guide that maps out the exact steps to build business credit in more detail. And on our website, creditsuite.com, top right of the page, there's all kinds of social channels. We have hundreds of videos on, on YouTube. We've got, we do live streams. There's all kinds of free information you can use. And then, of course, you can learn more about us there as well. What we do is just take years of business credit building and condense it down to months because when you work with anybody that's accomplished mastery of a topic, obviously you get faster and better results. So check out our free information. Grab our free guide, and then also feel free to reach out to us. We'll answer any questions, give a free business credit consultation. We even give anybody that wants one a free business credit report so they can see exactly what other uh, lenders and credit issuers are saying about them now. Wow. Well, I can tell you, just based on what you've shared so far, um, I think a lot of us have some work to do. So uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's all I can say. Uh, this has been a very revelational interview. So uh, Ty Crandall of Credit Suite, I want to thank, thank you. Thank you so much for being here today. It's been an honor and an education. Well, thanks for having me. I've had a blast, and I really appreciate an opportunity to teach your audience. It's just important that everybody knows that you can get money it's just a matter of knowing the kind of money you can get, where to look, which hopefully they know, and everybody can access business credit. Now everybody has a basic guide of exactly how to do that as well. Well, I think we all need to get to work here, so thanks again. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and on outlets like iTunes, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time. Have a great day. Take care.